Are you ready to move your career forward? Make your comeback with Purdue Global and get college credit for your work, school, life, or military experiences. With these credits, you may have already completed up to 75% of your undergraduate degree. You've worked hard to get where you are. It's time to get the recognition you deserve and earn a degree you'll be proud of, one that employers will trust and respect. When you take the next step in your life and career, make it count with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Bring spring color inside this season with Bare Premium Plus paint, starting at just $28.98 a gallon at the Home Depot. Add a pop of blue to your kitchen with the Bare exclusive color Arrowhead Lake or a splash of Amazon jungle to your living room. Bring a cool breeze to your bathroom with sea glass or accent your bedroom with sunrise-inspired colors like coral cloud and dark crimson. Let your creativity bloom this spring with Bare Premium Plus paint starting at just $28.98 a gallon at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Welcome to Night Call, a production of iHeartRadio. It's 2.36 a.m. in a maze filled with puppets, and you're listening to Night Call. Welcome to Night Call, a podcast for your strange days and lonely nights. I am in Los Angeles. I'm Tess Lynch, and with me are Emily Yoshida and Molly Lambert. And joining us this week, our very special guest, Lily Simonson. Lily, welcome to Night Call. Um, Lily is a friend of mine who has been on, I think, every previous iteration <laughs> of uh, this podcast and my podcasts. Um, she's an artist, and she was also MTV's fanatic for Beck, which we will talk about more later. Oh, we're going to get into it. <laughs> Back in the news. Um, and she's going to a, a conference called the Submergence Conference, so we'll also discuss that. And she's wearing a Four loco shirt, which I just noticed. <laughs> it's actually a dress, but it becomes a shirt in the winter. So. It's um, a chameleon. Yeah. We're going to talk about a lot of puppet movies today. The theme of this week's Night Call is 80s puppet movies for children. I think our theme until the holidays, basically. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, we're going to submerge ourselves in this in this stuff. Um, we were all just, we decided that uh, Baby Yoda, the the popularity, the rise and fall of Baby Yoda. We're, we're just cashing in on a craze right now. Like, we're, we're um, yeah, it's viral content. Um, but I think you made a really salient point, which is that the reason people like Baby Yoda is because it's a puppet. Right. Yeah. And apparently, um, I don't remember if we talked about this before, but Werner Herzog claimed that he was the one who fought for uh, Baby Yoda to remain a puppet as opposed to CGI. I still think there's some CGI, like he's been juiced up with a little bit of it. But um, 
and and called the 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 I, I don't know if it was John Favreau who he called a coward, but he called somebody <laughs> coward in in true Werner Herzog fashion. But uh, this has been debunked because most things that Werner Herzog says can be debunked in some way or another. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I, the weird thing about Baby Yoda and and, and not not to <laughs> I feel like we could do an entire spinoff podcast about Baby Yoda, but that um, you know they don't have toys for it, which feels like a huge oversight and makes me think that they're not as smart as they like they seem like evil geniuses for creating this thing and for how popular it's become but there are no toys ready for Christmas for it which just feels like what are you doing people are crocheting their own I know like Etsy I'm has gone to work about that. it's also like if you see there's a lot of chibi Yoda things anyway that just kind of look like baby Yoda yeah. when you see them like I saw a Yoda Christmas ornament that I was yeah. just like oh baby Yoda Disney has its own kind of Funko Pop-esque iterations of characters called like Tsum Tsum. I, I only know this because once I was in a waiting room somewhere and the Disney Channel was oh, on and I saw this. Oh, those ones you can stack on each other? Yeah, they're like these little toys. Okay, our friend uh, Jamie Patterson went to a Disney convention on a, with a dress that had all of them sewed on it as wait, a promotion really? for them. Yeah, it was like a dress made out of them. They're like Disney Beanie Babies, essentially. Yeah. Wait, wait, hold up. Was that a decision that she made or was she like paid to do this? She was paid to do it. Wow. She was like the model mm. for the, the Beanie Baby Disney Tsum Tsum dress. That but is a great gig. It was huge. <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, I mean, more dresses made out of a million stuffed animals. Right? I think it was very heavy, was what she said, actually. Oh, I bet, yeah. Um, we got a, like, sideways, speaking of Star Wars creatures and puppets, um, we got a kind of, like, indirect inquiry uh, via Twitter from a listener, uh, or more specifically from a listener's boyfriend who had a uh, theory about uh, Nian Nub. Do you guys know about Nian Nub? I didn't until this got asked. Um, Nian Nub is in Return of the Jedi. He is a Seleucian male. Um, uh-huh. he, uh, and Tess, he, look at it because you'll, you'll only know when okay. you see it. <laughs> well, so so he's like Lando's co-pilot when Lando goes in to destroy the second Death Star. Um, and Nodding along. <laughs> what, why, why is his face this way? <laughs> <laughs> he has some folds. Um, what, he, what happened to him? <laughs> well, okay, so when I first saw Star Wars when I was however old, like seven years old, I just sort of, and I've talked about this, I think, on Blank Check before, I kind of just implicitly, without even, like, questioning it, just understood that he was, um, I thought he was Japanese. Uh, I thought he was a Japanese alien. Um, and I thought maybe I was related to him. I, I just, like, that. Like this is just, like, because his voice, it, it, the language that he speaks, because he only, he, like, speaks unsubtitled in his alien language, and it sounds Asian in nature, I guess. Uh, and there were some theories. I, so the, the the boyfriend of the listener who did eventually clarify his theory was that he thought that he was um, supposed to be a Vietnamese alien, which the name feels Vietnamese, like fake Vietnamese. Right, right. Um, but apparently he was voiced by a, uh, his, his name was Bill Kipsang Rochik. He was a, a Kenyan student, and he spoke in his native language for really? the role. Um, and he became like a local celebrity uh, in Kenya afterwards for being this alien in Star Wars. That's I mean, he's amazing. like a pretty. That's like, he's interesting very... that more than one person was like, "This alien is definitely Asia," and, yeah. and it's like specifically this. And yeah. I just, uh, I have another Asian American friend who identifies deeply with ET. <laughs> See, like, what is this? Is what happens when you're like not represented That's in pop culture, yeah. <laughs> right? You're like, what can I be in this movie? Well, I gotta yeah. be in it. I mean, like, because I was, I rewatched um, just in preparation for the new Star Wars that's coming out. I rewatched Last Jedi this past week, which does have like the first ever actual Asian character in it, like you know, main character in it, and it was just sort of like hilarious to think that up until then. The only like substantial Asian representation was like Nia Nub, and then in a very dark turn, uh, the uh, what are they called? Nemoidians in the prequels, which are like basically like super offensive Chinese characters, like these like kind of trade uh, negotiation aliens who are just like bureaucrats and super evil. Uh, 
and have like bad I, like they look like the catamets from Twilight like Zone the the, the, the man yeah yeah oh, yeah 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 this mm-hmm. is the hardest I've ever thought about any of this yeah. <laughs> you know but it's I was just, like yeah. oh the cantina is it in Mexico you know like, <laughs> they have cantinas in space yeah. not a cantina cantina um, but also it is weird that it's like all, almost all white people and Lando Calrissian are in space. And yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. That's weird. And then sometime in whatever timeline that the current trilogy is taking place and suddenly everything gets more diverse. Like suddenly space is more diverse, weirdly, 50 years after Return of the Jedi or however long it's supposed to be. I think it's 50 years. Yeah. Um, anyway, this is just more, this is a Star Wars podcast <laughs> in short. Um, Who's the It's a Trap guy? He's uh, Admiral Akbar. I've come to love that one. Oh, yeah, he's great. He's, uh, and there are, um, uh, are there, I feel like there are more cal- like calamari people in either the new trilogy Do or... Do people get disappointed when there's like a backstory retconned in for some character that you had made up your own weird story for? Yeah, I mean, I've kind of gotten used to that now because the animated shows have a lot of that stuff and I just never watched them. And then I'm like, oh, there's like a whole story about this one droid that always creeped me out. Like, he was a character, <laughs> um, which I, I don't... I, I go deep, but not that deep, um, which is to say not very deep at all because there are like entire television shows I haven't watched. But but Nienov is like a... a good example of like that kind of that kind of like creature workshop stuff where it's just like the head and they find a way to like animate the eyes Mm -hmm. and the head but it's like a human body so it's not a puppet but like the head is a puppet the head looks very plastic like molded plastic and i can't tell if that's supposed to be hair that looks like a 50s game show host or if it's a hat (laughs) i think it's a little hat um So the thing about puppets is that they're fundamentally like a little bit off-putting. They're weird. Yeah. They're weird. Uh, Lily? Do I have anything to add about puppets? Yeah. Uh, I, I can't agree more. <laughs> <laughs> Are you pro or anti-puppet? I'm pro, and I specifically was like a super fan of the show Syphil and Ollie. But that's <gasps> yeah. Yeah. So are Tessa there. Yeah. But, uh, so those are my main puppet associations. And Precious Roy. Oh, precious Roy. Yeah. <laughs> Sock puppets are less creepy than like yeah. anything made out of molded latex. Yeah, yeah that's a whole more spectrum. Creepy. Sock I mean, puppets are pretty much just cute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which it should be the opposite. Like I feel like real puppets are meant to be cute. Sock puppets are meant to be weirder. <laughs> but it's well, well trying it, to make things cute always backfires. Unless yeah. I mean, yeah. it? well, kind of like with Baby Yoda, it's like it works initially, but eventually there's something about like a mm-hmm. a bit of like a textured or rough kind of thing or like an innate organic cuteness right. that sustains but the manufactured cuteness you can hmm. you can't you can try to be cute it. you can't yeah. try to be it's cute like you're trying to be always, cool there's yeah, always exactly. somebody younger and cuter to push you out <laughs> unless you're a sock and then that's forever baby yeah. well should we take yeah. a question about some very cute puppets of old yes we should sure <laughs> hello night call it's 10:51 p.m. in Chicago, Illinois and my name is Jesse. <laughs> I'm calling because I've always thought that uh, gremlins could be classified as womb horror because it's about like the horror of giving birth and spawning all of these creatures from evil. Uh, but upon a recent rewatch, I feel like it's maybe a little bit more like eraser head where it's like a fear of fatherhood because the entirety of the movie is really from the point of view of the young man who is given this sort of sweet little creature uh, and then has no control over anything, but he's just sort of left to clean up the mess. And it just sort of feels like a weird sort of uh, maybe masculine fear of parenthood movie. Anyway, Baby Yoda is giving me really maternal feelings, and I'm super uncomfortable about it. Thanks, Night Call. Good night. Um, Great question. Yeah. I heard actually one theory that Baby Yoda was a psyop to inspire maternal feelings in women because the birth rate is like down every year, four years. (laughs) (laughs) Really? Come on. Yeah, man. 
No, I mean, I know the birth rate's down, obviously. I, but I believe so that caller is right. They're playing into they're saying the, the hands. This, I didn't think that would work. So I was like, baby Yoda doesn't make you want to have a human baby. Exactly. It makes you want to have a baby Yoda. It makes you want to adopt a French bulldog. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it now makes you want to have a little... Like, anytime your baby Yoda gets picked up and you realize how light and, and wee he is, yeah. <laughs> it does make me go like, ah, God. <laughs> Don't they refer to him as the child? Yes. Yes. He's not even officially baby Yoda. The child. Um, well, when was the last time you guys watched Gremlins? Okay, it's been... I watched it, like, as an adult, but not recently, yeah. and I love Gremlins. Gremlins rips. We should do a whole Gremlins episode Totally, sometime. we should. But I definitely... I had not thought of this, and I don't know if it's particularly paternal, but I, I definitely think there's something about... And also this ties in with a movie we'll be talking about later, Labyrinth, responsibility, like the the fear of like fucking up a huge responsibility, which Mm -hmm. is such a valid fear. Yeah. Um, And uh, one big responsibility is children and they're very cute and then things can go wrong and then they can turn out bad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I definitely I I was like, yes, maybe that's why I loved Gremlins. It (laughs) also made me be like, oh, what's the other great maternal horror movies or like Rosemary Baby? But like, it's really interesting when it's stuff that's pitched at kids because then it's like doing this work early to be like, no wonder, like, if you watch Gremlins and you're a little boy, like, maybe you're like, I never want to have a pet in my life. <laughs> like, I or maybe you do. Think there's some I don't know. Of that. No, it makes you want to have a gizmo. That's the whole thing. It makes thing you want to have like, a gizmo, uh, but it's also know. a I good don't, parable yeah. for like, well, you could adopt a critter and then it could turn against you and destroy everything. Oh, so the big Gremlins are teenagers. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. exactly. They are. They are. <laughs> well, that's also like what's good about Alien. I like mm-hmm. how. All the the motherhood horror movies have just like scary puppets in them. Yeah, it's true. I mean, you have to get a good amount of goo in there. I think also, <laughs> gotta get the goo. Um, gotta have something punching out of something. <laughs> have you seen Gremlins too? I've actually never seen Gremlins. Oh, it's amazing. Too. We should. Yeah. I heard it's that's very that's funny. What we should do. It's funny and it's like a like a satire of the eighties, right? Nice. And well, movie making. There's like the Key and Peele sketch about Gremlins too, where it's just like they go around the room and just like. Like call out names of kinds of gremlins, and they're like, "It's in the movie." Yeah, it's all it's just like, yeah, it's totally like, "Oh, you want us to merchandise this? Here's a million new characters." Yeah, yeah. and it has the sexy lady gremlin, <laughs> which was totally the baby Yoda of her day. <laughs> you know, because everybody was like, "Oh my god, they put lipstick on a gremlin!" Suddenly, <laughs> and I now feel strangely attracted. So you know, it's like it is like that part in Wayne's World, and they're like, you know, when Bugs Bunny puts on lipstick. And and you want to make out with yeah. Bugs Bunny. Um, some of us wanted to kiss the gremlins in all their forms. But like a little, like a close like a mouth kiss. For <laughs> You're furry if it's for a gizmo. You're like a scaly if it's for Why gremlin. can't they make gremlins real? I know it's a slippery slope, but when I think about the grapes that taste like cotton candy, I'm just like, how hard could it be to make the... Have you not had these well, grapes? yeah, no, oh, I know. Okay. I know I what you're talking lit about. Up. <laughs> but, but I never tied those things together. Like, I never made the connection before. Gremlins was another movie, too, that was just like about like white people's fear of Asian culture. Yes. And like... Oh, if you buy products from overseas, yeah, like look scary things will happen. And again, it totally just makes you want to go buy a gizmo. Yeah. So, well, we're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we're going to talk more puppets, of course. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. 
Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. Hey, Doug Gottlieb here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making the now perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck, like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines the raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. With the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower further than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. With new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. When you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota Dependability meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out the amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals. It's not about being the best in the world. It's about doing what's best for the world. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Did you catch season three of This Is Digital? Season three of This Is Digital goes behind the scenes to reveal how digital trends show up in everyday decisions and actions, including digital lessons from the EV revolution and the chief digital officer's role in disruption and culture, featuring guests like Ekta Chopra of Elf Beauty and Tyson Jomini of J.D. Power. Do you have a digital mindset? Find out by checking out the latest and greatest on season three of This Is Digital and learn more at westmonroe.com. We're back. Um, so a long running campaign on Night Call has come to a close because we finally got Molly to watch Labyrinth. <laughs> Labyrinth. La- not the Labyrinth. Labyrinth. Um, Labyrinth. Labyrinth. Um, I watched about half of it uh, just to refresh myself. It was it was a fairly big movie of my childhood, but I hadn't seen it in a second. Um but yeah, it's a Jim Henson movie, if you haven't seen it, with David Bowie and Jennifer Connelly in it about losing a baby. So it's just like pure panic all the way through. <laughs> that was the experience of watching Labyrinth. And it's the uncut gems. Yeah, it is. Labyrinth It movies. kind of is. I mean, it's kind of always panic-inducing. Um, what did you think about it, watching it for the first time as an adult? Um, first well, time ever, actually, right? As with many yeah, things, as, uh, yeah. I had a total misconception of what it was going to be like, and then it was totally different. And what I did you think? Yeah, what did you think it was going to be? I thought it was a medieval fantasy movie, because it's oh. called Labyrinth. <laughs> you know? You didn't listen to us the whole time. We were like, no, it's not I'd that. It's a babysitting adventure. <laughs> you know, well, you told me that, and then I was like, oh, okay. You said it was like, one of you said it's like a girl, never-ending story, and I was like... Like, oh, all right. But there's like a part in the, they show her at the beginning wearing like a princess dress, but it's her just practicing. She's for Ren the Faring play. out. Yeah. yeah. Um, in a very nice costume, better than most schools can afford. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what I thought this movie would be like, but it's just so weird. How can you not like it? Yeah. Um, it's so deeply weird. And it's exactly what we wanted to talk about, which is just like children's movies in the 80s were so scary. They felt very dangerous. And so horny. And like no movies, like but especially children's movies now, are not like that. But also like even adults' movies for children, it's like they don't have any of the weird spiky parts. Yeah. Yeah. That give you the weird nightmares and help you grow as a person, child. <laughs> you said something like they make a they made us strong because they made us afraid. <laughs> which I which resonated. I mean, Labyrinth has a lot of the puppets in Labyrinth are really purposefully ugly. Yeah. yeah. Tr- they're like wrinkly. They look kind of brown. Yeah, well they look dusty. Yeah. yeah. They look like they've been hanging upside down they're in an that, attic like, or Godfather something. Godfather color palette. Yeah, sure. and they have the yeah. wispy hair and like they they look kind of stinky. Like a lot of them are kind <laughs> of like right? Like yeah. what's the the big kind of like snuffleupagus one? 
um, that is the animal that has the face of a monkey, well, but the, the body one too of an elephant. About like we can't go to like the swamp because like you'll yeah. smell bad. Oh, right. Yeah, the, the, yeah, the, stink, the stink. The or what's it called? Swamp. I don't know. Bog of not bog of eternal stench, <laughs> but something. Um, <laughs> There's there it has a lot of like smell elements and like burping, belching, yeah. wheezing, and moss and just like wetness. Like the the yeah. labyrinth itself is very wet, and there are lots of like tunnels that you can fall it's down vaginal. in. It, it is. Yeah. Uh, you get lost. In it. <laughs> um, I see that? Uh, there are little like like moss like creatures with eyeballs on them. Yeah. Also, the tunnel with the hand. My vagina. Yeah, yeah. is like the scariest part to me. No, there were a lot. I mean, just like as a fan of puppetry. Yeah. There were so many parts that I was like, this is so cool. Well, it's just like, it's, it's, I have not seen Dark Crystal, actually. That's the thing. That's me neither. The, we should do you it. Yeah. You guys haven't seen Dark Mm-mm. Crystal? I've never me seen neither. that. So I never Dark Crystal's it. really dark. Really? Yeah. Like, like, I found content it, wise. Content wise, everybody looks unsettling in a, in a way that as a child I found very accessible but when I tried to watch it again I just couldn't get you there. Couldn't vibe isn't, with it. Could not. Isn't that weird? Like I've watched recently on Disney Plus just because it, it, I find it useful to revisit every now and then. I, and now and then I watched Little Mermaid just because it's the movie that I watched every single day of my mm-hmm, life mm-hmm. when I was four years old. And so there's no way it hasn't affected me on some very deep cellular level. Same. And yeah, like well, you made something. <laughs> you you chased that <laughs> the undersea dream. Um, but but like yeah, there are things where it's just like I took for granted how such and such a character was designed or something and I just thought like that like the little the little seaweed souls in Ursula's cavern I was just like yeah that's like a that's like a scary thing and I'm like but that's such an interesting design Mm -hmm. like and such a weird unexplained kind of creepy factor that I feel like that's actually kind of a gift of somebody like Jen Henson to come up with stuff like that that just makes sense to kids. Well, stuff there's stuff that's in the gutter between creepy and like enchanting. Mm-hmm. Where you're yeah. like comp- you're like compelled by it because you're sort of repulsed by it. Yeah. And then there's like things that are just kind of repulsive in a different way because mm-hmm. they're like so shiny and boring. Yeah. Yeah. Where you're just yeah, you you the eyes reject it. Because it's too clean, <laughs> like me in most Pixar movies. Right, and we're in such a zone of like extreme cleanliness, and you know, Marvel movies that have just like these giant CGI stage battles and stuff like that that have like nothing real to hold on to in it at all. And I like have always said this, but you know, nobody's improved on Jurassic Park. Right. Which was a mixture of puppets and CGI. Yeah. And I was always like, well, why don't they do that more? And it's like, because it turns out it's really expensive, more expensive than doing either one individually. Right. But well, it's the only thing that looks good. Well, to me, like the, the Lord of the Rings movies, I feel like are actually the last, like the first three. I didn't see all the Hobbit ones, but like those did a lot of mixing of practical and CGI effects. And but I even think to then, I was effect, like, the thing that bothered me about those movies was the way that like the sky was always perfectly tweaked to be like oh, the yeah. most beautiful sunset. Well, you've that, ever seen where yeah. I was just like I wanted to be a little bit more like Terrence Malick's yeah. Lord of the yeah. Rings well that was the first film that they were really like going to town with digital grading right like, and I was like too much there yeah. can be too much of this thing like yeah. use it sparingly mm-hmm. if, if I can like detect it you're using too much yeah and there, obviously it's not like you don't know there's like people in a puppet suit right but that's part of the thrill well, eyes wide shut. What about? <laughs> um, well, like I was thinking of Hoggle, the little guy in Labyrinth, who is like the first creature that's really encountered in it, other than the like the Greek chorus of goblins at the beginning of the movie. And that's like another thing where it's like it's a it's a little person in a in a head. It's like a, and the head is a puppet because the head has like I I was trying to figure out how it works and it, it feels like it's like that jaw is just maybe operated by the person inside actually moving their jaw because it's very limited and mm-hmm. it's it's just open and shut like the the mouth uh, movements but the eyes and the face are like fully expressive which is really it's such a it's so wild that like for a decade like people got really good at this kind of thing and yeah, really right. like involved and now we don't really use that no, we lived through the the peak of mm-hmm. 
you know, puppet. Peak puppet. Peak puppet and rubber rubber mask latex creature technology. It's yeah. true. Uh, and it got to the most broke point and then it totally disappeared. So the idea that Baby Yoda made people be like, oh, like a puppet is expressive in a way yeah. that like CGI just like cannot be. Yeah. You feel like the puppet is a real thing in a different way. Yeah. That's so great. But puppets in person... I find more disturbing than puppets on the screen because there's the the subtleties that you can accept of the limitations of the mouth movement and stuff like that in person are even kind of more glaring and feels really wrong. Right. It's like if you see a, a taped play. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know, like, that's my favorite why thing. Why is totally. there so bad? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> can I hear everybody's footsteps? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Labyrinth was awesome. Yeah, what was what, your favorite part? Well, I think I was also just afraid that it would like introduce me to some kind of a corny David Bowie and that that was something I like wasn't prepared to ever <laughs> face, you know? I know. He's in full Well, because uh, I've seen the gyps. Yeah. I've seen the gifs out of context, and I was like, oh, it's like a silly David Bowie, no. but then it's like a very horny David it's, Bowie. Yeah. Like, yes. That's all I remember from Labyrinth is like David Bowie's moose knuckle. I think I was just like, I'm not like, like other girls. I think yeah. of when I think it's of that It's one movie. of those things where you're like, I won't be like every single other person who thinks that like a hot person is like Tim Curry in the Rocky Horror Picture right. Show, and then you're like, no, no, everybody thinks that for a reason. Right. Like, yeah. He's the best at this. Like, yeah. And also like when you see David Bowie at a young age with his moose knuckle when you're like six or whatever. It really does kind of color the rest of your like I feel like I feel like a lot of people in our generation were deeply influenced in ways that can never be reversed. Yeah, I wish I had seen it earlier because it's very uh, I can imagine. Um, well, I was watching it and I was I was thinking like it feels actually a lot like a Miyazaki movie. Like you can really easily imagine a Miyazaki totally. version of it. Um which would also be really cool. It would be different, but the whole kind of where it's it's sort of a template to just like let a visual imagination right. go like it's unbound. like a Wizard of Oz. You're yeah. in a new place yeah. and there's all kinds of new weirdy creatures and yeah. things to see. Yeah. I think one thing that I also like enjoyed watching or like kind of reappreciating this time is how much because I, I remember like playing Labyrinth as a kid and there are so many little ideas and tricks in the movie that are, don't really have anything to do with the puppets but they're just like you know where a wall looks like a wall and then and then it's not mm-hmm. you can walk through and uh, you know the little switching of the tiles and stuff where, where it just feels like stuff that's very like it's very inspirational for playing and like make believe when you're a kid yes. which is really cool like I, I feel like that's very like I don't know that's like a force for good as, as far as I'm concerned yeah it's like Alice in Wonderland where it's like it's mm-hmm. got it's own yeah. logic and the yeah. logic is that it makes no sense but it's mm-hmm. also it's just like it's also kind of just a love triangle mm-hmm. between well Hoggle is in love with her and he gets friend zoned oh, and she's Hoggle in love with David sort of Bowie a... and he's like she'll never love you oh, I didn't think you're Hoggle, hideous Hoggle felt, I, didn't think I have this crystal ball <laughs> Do you think that that, that David Bowie could actually do that with no, the crystal ball? No, he couldn't. I found out. Oh, really? <laughs> I was wondering. It was a hand double, and also like I think that's a thing puppet puppeteers can do, maybe because they're good a at all. Trick. Yeah, it just has some of the like Mumenshan stuff, like the face ma- faces made out of hands and yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like they probably had all these ideas that were too scary for Sesame Street. Yeah, but yeah. they knew they could do. Um, and well, I think PG-13 that's why I, I was it. afraid to see it because I was like, what if it's like. I'm very unsettled by things that like make Sesame Street fucked up. Yeah, my most hated trope. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Well, in what way? Like stuff that makes it stuff that's like, oh, look, they're killing each other. And there was a Liquid Television segment where like Bert and Ernie like sliced and diced each other, and it really uh, oh god, (laughs) very dark. You know, and then I was like, I will avoid scary puppets because it's too scary for me. Um, This has a heart of gold. There's no slicing and dicing. Yeah, there's the threat of slicing and dicing. it's not, there's a masquerade there. ball. Yeah. <laughs> That's its eyes wide shut moment, yeah. like you said. Um, I'm, I had an Uber driver once who told me about there's like a, a cosplay labyrinth masquerade ball, I think, every year that they what? do downtown. Because she was a cosplayer and she Whoa. was like, Have you ever cosplayed? You should cosplay as Marita from Brave because of your oh, hair. Yeah. Oh my God. I was like, Sure, sure. <laughs> she said that she goes every year to, there's like this labyrinth cosplay masquerade ball that it like started as just being labyrinth themed and now it's like maybe even a little more generally steampunk. But yeah. 
Uh, should we go? We should totally I, go. I will do this. <laughs> if our Patreon goal, every single episode, I'm like, for our next Patreon goal, and then we never change it on the Patreon, but maybe that will be a Patreon goal. Um, we got a message on the Facebook group for Night Call, Night Callers, mm-hmm. uh, by Lindsay, and she pointed out, it's pretty well established that the labyrinth world and everything in it is a manifestation of Sarah's childhood fantasies and unconscious desires. Before she goes there, we see that her bedroom is full of toys and posters that resemble characters and scenes from the labyrinth world. But if you look closely at the photos of Sarah's glamorous stage actress mother on her mirror, you'll notice that her handsome young co-star, called Jeremy in the novelization, appears to be David Bowie. Mm. So, not only is the Goblin King a kind of teenage rock star fantasy, he's also based on her image of her mom's boyfriend. What? (laughs) Very Electra. Yes, Yeah, yeah. yeah. But not her dad. No. no. Not her dad. <laughs> her um, dream dad. Her whole, like, her right. room and the kind of, like, references throughout the movie are also, it has a lot of, like, Easter eggs that are fun. Yeah, and I thought Jennifer Connelly was great. Oh, she's oh, so yeah. good. I guess she got bad reviews. People were mean to her about really? some of her performances. Um, In Labyrinth? Yeah. Hmm. That's shocking. Um, but I thought she was great. Well, um, I'm glad you finally have had your eyes open. Oh to yeah, the, the I mean the songs. But it, did you Joan find Magic it scary? Because I, it I is, didn't. Find, I found it super scary. It's still pretty scary. I mean, it's it's, it's just unpleasant. Like I, I think like I mean it's it's cool, but it's like it gives you this sort of like yuck feeling. I yeah. feel like uh, even when I was a kid and I liked it, it was just because it felt like. I mean, it felt like going out into the wilderness and the mud and stuff right. and, like, finding weird it's mushrooms. Like, well, it's scary so. in the way David Lynch movies are scary. It's yeah. like it's, like, it's about your subconscious it's and you're like, It's an anxiety dream. Yeah. 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 And yeah. you have to do some weird task and there's, like, incredibly weird rules to follow. Who is everyone's favorite creature? I like the little eyeball moss things. That's, like, the first thing I think of when I think of Labyrinth because I think that just really troubled me for whatever reason when I was young. Like, it was very upsetting. Um... <laughs> But they're a very cool little design. I like them. I like that thing I can't remember the name of. It looks like a fuzzy elephant with a monkey's face. <laughs> it's humongous. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, they're cute, too. Um, I like the worm. The worm, I know. Yeah. The, worm is the worm is so good. That was when I was like, I'm in. <laughs> he has a little scarf. And I'd seen it. It was one of those things, too, where I was like, oh, I've seen this image before, and now I know. Yeah. Now yeah. I understand. Lily, do you remember having one? Uh, David Bowie's Moose Knuckle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the, really the good right answer. answer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dance magic dance. Um. <laughs> well, I don't remember any of you. <laughs> I was just going to say, maybe we should take a little break, and then when we come back, we should talk to Lily about some pretty breaking news within the past week uh, that affects her personally. <laughs> <laughs> and also We're get a live reaction on air. Going deep under the sea and making art about all the cool creatures you see. We'll be back. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a -a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. Hey, Doug Gottlieb here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making the now perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck, like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines the raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. With the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower further than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, 
Delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style, the new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. With new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. When you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out the amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals. It's not about being the best in the world. It's about doing what's best for the world. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Do you have a digital mindset? Check out Season 3 of This is Digital. Season 3 of This is Digital goes behind the scenes to reveal how digital trends show up in everyday decisions and actions, including driving profitable growth in enterprise software and how the new sports fan experience can drive revenue. Featuring guests like Chris D'Agostino of Databricks and Scott Crable of Tama Bravo. Check out the latest and greatest on Season 3 of This is Digital and learn more at westmonroe.com. And we're back. Mm-hmm. So, guys, we were talking. Um, we actually we assumed Lily knew the fact that Beck has uh, has now come out and said that he's no longer a Scientologist. Well, that he never was a Scientologist. Yeah, which which he, that's just clearly false. I thought he just said I am not a Scientologist. Yeah, he, I think he just said, said I am not a Scientologist. I'm not affiliated. With he me. said I'm quote. not. So okay, I'll I'll find the article. Which just so it was in, Lily would know this, right? It was it well, it was in an interview with the Sydney Morning Herald. So this is the quote. He says, um, it "says uh, there's been persistent speculation and curiosity about Beck's own beliefs." And he said, "I think there's a misconception that I am a Scientologist. I'm not a Scientologist. I don't have any connection or affiliation with it. My father has been a Scientologist for a long time, but I pretty much just focused on my music and my work for most of my life and tended to do my own thing. I think it's just something people ran with." That's the quote. Um, dun, dun, dun. All right, Lily. <laughs> As the, world, the world's foremost Beckologist, we know you may have been off the grid having a child. No, uh, I mean, I'm a lapsed Beckologist. Like, I stopped, uh, I was a big fan of, an uh, incredibly big fan of Beck when I was in high school, and I interviewed him on MTV as his number one fan, and I think I legitimately was. Uh, but then um, I kind of got less connected to the music as I stopped being a teenager, Sure. And he was, was your not, Billie Eilish. Yeah, he was my. <laughs> yeah, um, and like was not as into his music post sea change. And I believed him to be a Scientologist. Of course, part of my teen crush was that we were going to be together one day. And if he was a Scientologist, that couldn't happen. Yeah, it was. The Although barrier. I did toy, of course, with joining the religion. To- <laughs> <laughs> Didn't happen. How far did you get? <laughs> I, I lived what down the street to the uh, celebrity center. I oh. took, I actually, let's see, I was on a scavenger hunt and I bought Dianetics, <laughs> quote, for the scavenger hunt. <laughs> but that's as close as I got. Uh, that's a brilliant way to get kids to read Dianetics is it to is. create a scavenger hunt where you have to find a copy a of Dianetics. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. It's part of a game. So, Lily, do you think Beck was a Scientologist? I I mean, I feel so weird going against what he's saying, but I definitely got the impression he was because he well, married like Marissa Rabisi. I feel like it was very carefully worded. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Well, but he... he he did in 2005, he did explicitly say, um, yeah, I'm a Scientologist. Yeah. My father has been a Scientologist for about 35 years, so I grew up in and around it and okay. stuff. I remember that. And it, mm-hmm. before that, he used to say he was Jewish. He specifically said identified as Jewish in like the 90s. Well, because he, he's closer with his mom, right? Who maybe is not a Scientologist. Yeah. I'm actually very close with his mom. Oh, <laughs> <are you? laughs> she and I, I became see. friends when I was in high school and she's awesome. And she's one and of she my, is not a Scientologist. Not um, she and I have never discussed it, but okay. my impression is that 
she may have been at one point, but I don't think she is anymore. I'm, I'm, yeah, his dad mm-hmm. obviously is. And my theory was that like she left the church with his kids, but I've never mm-hmm. talked to her about it. So I, I think know, that is the, the sort. But again, it's interesting that somebody can be this famous and there are things we just like fundamentally don't know about them. Yeah. That seems very impossible for like anyone else at this point. How dare right. they? <laughs> <laughs> Spill the beans. Um, so some some other former lapsed Scientologists have, uh, have taken issue with this quote, uh, specifically Leah Remini who um, I believe said that it was a pussy move for him to claim he was never a Scientologist. Uh, And she was like, you can quote me on that. Pussy move. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And and Mike Rinder, is that how you say his last name? The the former senior executive who said he has the website about Scientology. He was also kind of... um, you know, it feels like, basically it feels like a cheat to them. Like it's one thing to have been at one point and to say that you're not anymore, but then to like deny that you ever were. But again, I don't think he's denying it. I think he's just phrasing it carefully because again, it's like if he does have an ex-wife who's maybe in and like yeah. children, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. then like it because he I, doesn't want to be an SP. Yeah, I yeah. don't know. I also, again, like Seriously. for people who were born into it, I give them like right. so much more leeway. Right. Like Elizabeth like, Moss. Or just her. anyone. I feel yeah. like it's like just another religion in many ways. There are like a lot of religions that do things that are shady. Like to me, it is not worse than the Catholic Church. It's just newer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's my hot take. I, I And also... Just like I've known people that like were Scientologists and then aren't anymore and like nothing bad happened to them. You know, I think sort of the idea that like they are this all powerful, like you were saying, like the way that Disney wants us to think of them as like the most like all knowing evil company. Like I think in a lot of ways they're just sort of like more like an MLM or something. Right. Well, they they are a really good example of the fuzziness, at least in America, uh, between a religion and a business. And I think that's what's creepy about them because it's like you can kind of explain a lot of the stuff, the awful stuff that the Catholic Church has done over history with like, well, it's faith and it's like what people do are capable of when they have a faith and like sometimes it's good things and sometimes it's bad things i think like the fact that i mean they would say otherwise but that their model is pretty explicitly a business i think is the thing that makes it feel more like if i knew lots of stories about people who had been personally threatened and uh really harmed by the church of scientology i would not share them because i'm afraid of the church of scientology (laughs) if i had new people who would say that scientology is far worse even than the catholic church but what about all the pedophilia in the catholic church i mean it doesn't get worse than that no it's also like the inquisition yeah Uh, (laughs) I'm saying is that a lot of religions, I mean, this is probably my hottest take, but obviously, like, I do think that a lot of religions have, like, fucked up ideologies that perpetuate violence. Mm -hmm. People take a special kind of offense to Scientology because it's so new that they can be like, it started, like, a hundred years ago or whatever. But hey, Molly, where do you think Shelly is? Where's <laughs> Shelly? Where's Shelly? But that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, one Shelly Miscavige. It's also the legal team. The legal team, which is why, right. if I knew lots of horrible things about the Church of Scientology, I would not share them on this podcast, but would share them afterwards in the elevator. <laughs> because they, I've heard, will hound individuals yeah. in a way that larger religious organizations won't bother with. They are litigious, I have heard, to the point of like ruining people's lives who don't have much power themselves yeah. and and using a huge amount of energy to destroy this random person who well then again can you blame Beck for not wanting to be like yeah take exactly a hard stand, you know well I think for somebody like Leah Romini who has taken a hard stand it's probably like galling to her to be like yeah I of mean course. I but yeah I am a pussy isn't the best way to convey that either sure <laughs> I'm not really defending yeah and also she shouldn't be using the word pussy in a derogatory way hey, yeah yeah, yeah uh, Leah Leah Romini. <laughs> Romini I guess you mean he's awesome because <laughs> 
<laughs> so have anyway. a list of everything we've said about pussies so far on this episode. <laughs> all their all their great traits. Um, oh, you're saying he's cute like the Gizmo from Gremlins. <laughs> Mossy. <laughs> Mossy and verdant and endless. Speaking of also, I would have to agree. How about those dark depths? Uh, Lily. <laughs> Another, a cavernous, the deeps. Um, <laughs> deeps. Well, everything I paint from the deep looks like a vagina. Yeah, so. as well. That's true. Because the, the ocean is vaginal. Yeah. Um, I'm, we're all, I think, big fans of your art. So I just wanted to talk with you about that. Because I, you probably mentioned on Molly's other podcasts kind of the work that you do. Yeah. But it's you do really cool. Like, you go way down deep. Yes. In that ocean. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's kind of funny because I was a, a super fan of Beck, and now I'm a super fan of these sea creatures. And I went to great <laughs> lengths to meet Beck, and now I go to great lengths to meet sea creatures in person. Were you, I know you just came from the airport. Were you, like, coming from a a project? No, oh, no. no. Um, but a dive. You're doing a project here. That's really cool. Oh yeah, my, my well. So I I got really into ecosystems that live around hydrothermal vents and chemical seeps because oh, yeah. we used to think there was no life in the deep sea because there's no light, and so there's no plants, so there can be no food chain. And then in the '70s, they discovered that there are these chemical hot spots where microorganisms turn sulfur and methane into energy and then bigger creatures eat those microorganisms. So my next project is I'm working with a scientist at Caltech who studies the actual microorganisms and how they turn those chemicals into energy. Ooh, so how do they? Um, <laughs> uh, well, it's complicated. Uh, I don't know if I can summarize it, but basically they consume methane. It, archaea and bacteria work together to consume methane and sulfur. And then like the things that I've been painting are, uh, I got into it because I got really into the Yeti crab, which is this um, deep sea crab that has is all white and it's got white furry pinchers and the pinchers are covered in this, like the fur is actually uh, like filamentous bacteria. And so that bacteria like consumes sulfur and then the crabs farm it and eat it, eat the bacteria off That's their claws. That's such a cool crab. It's so cool. Holy so I shit. Got, yeah, I got to dive in a submarine and see actual Yeti crabs. Whoa. You dove an Alvin, And they right? look like fraggles, actually. Yeah, they do. Oh, yeah. Full circle. <laughs> <laughs> they they really do. And I mean, they have, like, um, it's like those, like, uh, those leggings that like, rave girls wear. Yeah. yeah. On their, you on know their what's arms. funny? I, I, I made a Yeti crab costume for, for Burning Man, like, 12 years ago. And, uh, and then I got there, and I was like, oh, no, I just look like a raver. <laughs> Nobody knows I'm wearing a costume. That's amazing. <laughs> what is it like to go in a submarine that deep? Is that is it terrifying? Uh, Are you used to it now? No, I haven't been that many times. Mm -hmm. But uh, I've been to sea a lot of times, but I've only been in the sub twice. Uh, and what was really cool is I was at sea and one of the submarine pilots... Uh, new Molly. And I was like, this is Jefferson. This is proof that Molly knows everyone. It's true. I like, wrote to her, I was like, I'm on a ship, and of course the submarine pilot knows and you. I was like, I can't believe I'm not a submarine pilot. Yeah. 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 There's still time. Yeah. Totally. I Let's totally wanted to be a marine, to subs. a marine biologist because of seeing the Little Mermaid. Yeah. 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 Um, and yeah, so many of the things that you have documented in your paintings are such like labyrinthy. Mm -hmm. That's true. Yeah. yeah. And the Yeti crabs that I saw, the species, they have this crazy behavior where they wave their pinchers above their heads continuously oh, and yeah. it looks like they're dancing. So they're very, very fraggle right. <laughs> fraggle right. And that's you, like, like a very fraggly type of dance. Yeah. yeah like yeah. specifically the like kind of uh, car wash. They're blow so thing. cute. It's crazy. They, yeah, it's like totally dark and then you look around and you just see all these like fuzzy fuzzy white claws waving at you Whoa. like every crevice I thought I'd see like a handful of yeti crabs but there are like hundreds of them are they doing it to pretend to be like 
a different like seaweed or something or what are they uh i think it's because they're stirring up the sulfur in the water to feed the bacteria on their pinchers because the ones that live around hydrothermal vents where it like bursts out really dramatically they don't do that so it's only the ones that live at these like chemical sleeps where it comes out more slowly so then they have to like stir up is this the, the kind of creature that can't be brought up to sea level because it will dis- just like get destroyed <laughs> by the pressure or the lack of pressure, I guess? Well, actually, it's more the change in temperature um, that I think uh, damages them in transit. But we actually did keep them alive on the ship oh, for wow. the whole time we were at sea. Whoa. And they had, they're so cute. They were in like, um, they were in these like little containers, and they didn't like fight with each other or anything. <laughs> they they were just like very loving, and they make all these like orgiastic piles on the seafloor <laughs> where they're just like like the the babies are in little crevices, but the adults all pile on each other, and that's also weird because most crustaceans don't like to touch each other unless they're having sex or fighting, huh. but. They're peaceful yetis. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're peaceful loving. That's amazing. <laughs> is, Ewoks of the deep is terrestrial <laughs> life just like so boring to you now? Uh, You're like a person who went to space. Like, yeah, how do you yeah. come back from that? <laughs> I miss it all the time. And I miss Antarctica all the time, too. It's how long like, were you there? In Antarctica? Uh, 99 days. Wow. And then I was there for a month and a half, like two years prior. So wow. like a total of... It's More funny, too, because it's totally, like, the place from The Thing. Yeah. And then yeah, the yeah. way Lily would talk about it, she'd be like, there's an open mic night. <laughs> <laughs> Do you really? basically, like, know everybody who's in Antarctica when you're there? Like, it's like... When mm-hmm. I was there, yeah, there's, like, well, there's Town, which is the research station, McMurdo, and then there are, mm-hmm. like, little field camps where you'll be with only, like, six other people or something. But, yeah, I got to know most people in Town. There's, like... A capacity of 1,200 people. Oh, wow. Like, That's more than I would have thought. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not usually that full. Yeah. And so, yeah, it was so fun. I it's loved like it. camp. There were three bars in town. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> I can't even there's imagine like being drunk bar. in Antarctica. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's a, yeah, there's a lot of, um, there's like a whole subculture it's like, like on the ice. It's like uh, ice cold Burning Man. Yes, they have Freezing Man there. Oh, really? <laughs> a regional. Oh my god. Burn. Yeah. Are there yeah. clicks That's in Antarctica? Awesome. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's clicks and there's, there's drama. Yeah, the scientists are called beakers, and then the people who are like science support. Shoot, I can't remember. I'm so rusty. But yeah, they refer to the scientists as beakers. In like in a derogatory way. Um, just like a slang way. Okay. And it, but it, yeah, there is sort of like, if you're science support, you're there for the long haul, like a um, minimum of four months. And then some people stay for a full year. And most scientists are there for a shorter portion of that. So it's like, you're not really native. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but I was there a whole, almost a whole season. So wow. I, I was the in between. I mean, I can't even. It is like going to space. It's yeah, such a, yeah. it's such a different, and and especially to be there for that long, where it does like it's long so enough fun. to become your normal. Yeah, you day took some to video too. You had a video in one of your uh, shows. Yeah, of like, like under the sea ice because I got to scuba dive. It's the largest expanse of sea ice in the world, McMurdo Sound, oh, and whoa. it's all like six feet thick. Yeah, this is you, where wow. I was like, I would have checked. I could not do this because yeah. you're under the ice. Yeah, that's so scary. That's why I you went. You can only though, come to the one place you came in. It's so beautiful. Like on top, it's just white, but underneath. There is this like microalgae that grows in the ice that makes it glow like neon green and yeah. gold. Ooh. And like the ice texture is super feathery. And it's just like the most, my friend Henry Kaiser called it like mainlining LSD. It's just like <laughs> so, so trippy. And you can see a thousand feet because there's nothing growing in the water because it's been dark and you're diving in like early spring. So there's like, you feel like you're just flying through the air in this crazy landscape, and there's like submerged glaciers. Oh and I like, would lose my mind yeah. immediately. Yeah, were you afraid you might just like swim off and become a mermaid, <laughs> an ice mermaid? Yeah, I wanted to. Yeah, yeah, it was so like fun. sea madness. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Other than the yeti crab, do yeah. you have a favorite creature that you've encountered personally? Um, 
well, my other favorite deep sea creature is probably the giant tube worm, Riftia, which is the first deep sea creature that was discovered at hydrothermal vents in the 70s. And they're, they're very like Freudian. They look like phallic and vaginal. And oh, they whoa, get up yeah. to like six feet long. And they're just, they're sort of iconic because yeah. they're like the first chemosynthetic. They look very 70s too, so it's very appropriate. <laughs> yeah. They were like yeah. on trend. They're, yeah. they're yeah. in the joy of sex. Yeah, yeah they basically. I, yeah. I was a tube worm for Halloween in second grade. <laughs> oh my God. Like a long love. Yeah. I think I saw so a the, Nova the, the special tube, or something. The tube worm predated back then. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So really I'm back love. to my roots. Right, right, yeah. right. Back with the diversion. <laughs> There's probably no way of really knowing this, but are any of the animals that live that deep in the water smart animals? Because the tube well, worm. octopi. Octo- but do they live like way the fuck down? They do. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, there is a really cool photo I'll send you guys of the there was an octopus that came up and shook hands with the sub <gasps> it was what? so cool you know this is like the a very staunchly pro octopus yes. pod yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. Yeah. Really yeah, I've it. heard that you discussed. also had a seal friend oh yeah there in Antarctica the seals used to use our dive holes because they have to find cracks to breathe through in the sea ice and then we have dive holes that stay open like the whole season so they would come to the dive holes and breathe and they'd just be there chilling hanging out oh my god yeah and wow. you have to like wait for them to move away from the hole so you can leave <laughs> were they friendly could you like a- approach they them? They were totally. You have I, a picture with one where it looks like it's a dog. It's yeah. like so cool. Yeah, they weren't friendly like the way dolphins might be friendly. Yeah. but they they were very present. Like they would just be right next to you. Yeah, that's wow. so cool. Yeah. And they're huge. The Waddell seals. They're like I don't know how big, but they're huge. The really? big baby blubbers. Yeah. <laughs> They're so fat. We want to hug them all. I know. Yeah, I mean, the other thing about Baby Yoda is, like, there's cuter things in real life. Yeah. Um, and you, can, you can't like, hug all of them, but the no. ones you can hug. <laughs> do you really think, I have to circle back to this, but do you really think that Baby Yoda was intended to lift a flagging birth rate? I, as soon as I heard do we that, believe that, I was like... <laughs> I believe it from my own personal experience of seeing Baby Yoda for the first time, but... I don't know if it's that. If they didn't even, even know that they were going to be no, but oh. I, I had I had the thought. I had the thought first. The listener, <laughs> listener had that thought. I was so now we have a sample size of two. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so I guess it's provable now. Yeah, I feel like anything vaguely neotenous can trigger that reaction. It's the big eyes. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah I don't know. It's, it's 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 the helplessness too. You're just like I gotta help Baby Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> He's just sipping his soup. He doesn't even have his bassinet anymore. Oh my god! He's um, gonna get so cold. Wait, I thought you turned on him. I did turn on him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we don't have enough time to talk about why. Oh, we'll have to talk <laughs> about it next time. Um, I saw that there was a new image of Amy Sedaris carrying oh yeah. him. Oh my god. <laughs> Um, well, thank you so much, Lily, for coming by and talking about uh, your your twin interests, which <laughs> have more in common than yeah. one might think. <laughs> yeah. Also, Beck, there's still a chance. So um, <laughs> she's waiting. Where can we find your work? Is there um, do you have a site or someplace where people can check out what you do? I have a show that's up right now at the Harvard Museum of Natural History. Cool. And it's up till March, so if you're in that area. And then also I have a website, lilysimonson.com or oldgenres.com, which is like an art joke, like new genres is like video and performance. So I got I was very happy to get that URL as a nice. painter. I make paintings. I don't know if I said Yeah, that. you're oh, also yeah. gonna be painting an underground tunnel. Oh yeah. At so that's where yeah. oh yeah, that's yeah. Cool. amazing. Tunnel related. Lily yeah, and I tried to go back. measure it, but uh, it wasn't open on the weekends. Yeah, but. that's that's the Victoria Orphan is at Caltech, and she's the one who studies the archaea and bacteria that help these deep sea communities thrive, that provide food. We cool. will, bottom of the food chain. Can we take a night call 
sojourn to an underground tunnel. Oh yeah. That, Ooh, okay, yeah. Cool. Perfect. Yeah. We'll put that in the calendar. Maybe that will be our next it's meetup. The tunnel to a lap. Ooh, yeah. 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 That's very cool. Yeah. Um well thanks so much for listening to Night Call. Uh if you are not subscribed to us already on iTunes, you should do that. Leave us a review and a rating. It helps us a lot. You can also follow us on social media and on Twitter at Night Call Pod, Instagram Night Call Podcast, and Facebook at Night Call Podcast. And join our Patreon if you haven't already. We're at patreon.com slash nightcall, and you can chip in at any level you would like. We have another book club episode coming out uh, this month in a couple weeks, so get in now to get in on that. Um, And yeah, we'll see you all next week. Nightcall is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals. It's not about being the best in the world. It's about doing what's best for the world. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable.